Hi, I'm Bex. And I'm Laura. And we're here to talk openly and honestly about miscarriage, stillbirth and all pregnancy loss. We aim to smash the taboo surrounding these subjects. And rebuild the topic in a way to support and educate women. Rather than isolate and shame them. Welcome to the worst girl gang ever. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Worst Girl Gang Ever. We're lucky enough to be joined by the lovely Becca. Thanks for coming in, Becca. Uh, coming in. Hi, both. Thanks for uh, Zooming Thanks for coming into the studio. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and Becca's here to share her experiences with us. Yes, thanks for coming. It's lovely to see you. We're going to be talking through your experiences of recurrent miscarriage and also the devastating loss of your son, Oliver. Do you mm. want to start us at the beginning of your story? Okay, so I guess my sort of fertility story starts when I was really young. So I fell pregnant when I lost my virginity. Wow. I mean, yeah. that in itself just shows how much of a lack of education there is, isn't it? Because when I was at school, one of, one of the things was that you, you know, you couldn't get pregnant when you lost your virginity. No. And, and that was my viewpoint until I proved everyone wrong. As far as I'm aware, you still can't get pregnant when you give a blowjob. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Although I might try that one because it <laughs> seems to work. <laughs> oh, bless you. Right. Sorry. Anyway, go on. So yeah, so I was I was very young. I had just lost my virginity, found out I was pregnant, had to keep that quiet, obviously, for the reasons I was young. My mum couldn't have ever known, she couldn't have even known I'd had sex, let alone I was pregnant. And kind of got my head around it, had my scan, everything was as it should be. You know, I'd 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 wrapped my head around the fact I'd be having that child. Yeah. And then told my mum and then I had Miss Miscarriage. How long after your scan was that? So that was a couple of weeks afterwards. Okay. How did you find out? Because usually Miss Miscarriages are found out at the scan, aren't they? Yeah. So I I found out because I was frog marched down to have another scan to kind of almost... Oh, wow. What, by your mum? Yeah. What, sort of like for proof? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So... In my head, you go for the scan, everything's fine. I, d- I had no expectation of yeah, that. Of course. Yeah. And then at that point, they told you that there was no heartbeat. And I guess for everyone, apart from you, the overwhelming sense was, oh, phew. Oh, it's not a problem was anymore. Relief. Type thing. Yeah, relief. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But not How for you. you feel? There was an element of, okay, I, I, I understand. But also, I'd wrapped my head around this. I'd come to terms with the fact that that was going to happen. Yeah. And for me, I think it was, what's wrong with me? Why why can't I do this? What, what have I done wrong? Yeah. What could I have done to have prevented this? What, yeah, what's caused this? You know, I, I didn't realise that this was a common thing. Yeah, because you're not taught it at school. No, no, no. Mm. You're taught that you get pregnant, you have a baby. But there's nothing really in between because at that point, if anyone was miscarrying it's shielded from you you know so you don't you don't understand that that's something that kind of happens it does happen an awful lot yes yeah yes I've gone on to find out and Um, so following the treatment of that miscarriage where were mm -hmm. you sort of mentally talk us about how how did you how did you cope with it being so young I I didn't cope with it at all for the the first couple of months I, I kept it all to myself kind of bottled yeah. it all up because it's not what people expected from me people mm. expected me to be happy and it, it just kind of snowballed it okay. snowballed it became this big thing to the point where 
I, I was in a really dark place. My mum had taken me to the GP to speak about this. Um, they'd put me on antidepressants, which I didn't end up taking. I, I've always been quite anti-medication, I think. Not through any kind of anything other yeah. than I just don't like it. It doesn't tend to agree with me. Right. Okay. I, I take what I have to when I have to. So for me having to take these tablets and, and it affect me, and I almost wanted for that pain. Yeah. I almost wanted to feel that pain. I didn't want yeah. it to be shut off. I didn't want it to be because I almost felt guilty towards so, this unborn child. Was it for you like a sort of punishment in a strange kind of way? The pain you know, I, I think that's nailed it on the head. That was exactly what it was. And that was exactly what I went through for the next couple of years was a punishment. Aww. Everything was a punishment on myself. And it was all, this is my doing. This is my fault because I didn't have any understanding of it. Yeah. So what did help you through those two years? So what did help me was the GP referred me for CBT, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy. Okay. So that was done through the CAMS. CAMS is? Children and Adolescent Mental Health. Okay. Did that help? Um, it, it did help to a, to a degree, to a degree. It, it's helped me more now I'm older than I think it did back then. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, they teach you strategies for coping, don't they? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And their strategies have stayed with me for life. I'm genuinely of a belief that I think everyone should go through it yeah I think everyone should have some form of therapy because it's really helped me get through what I've been through the past the great thing about that sort of therapy is that it treats the kind of the cause rather than the symptoms you know unlike absolutely medical route so that's great that you found that and that you you managed to seek that out with the help of your GP and your mum and it still helps you today yeah yeah brilliant yeah absolutely so following on from that, was it a slow process to get yourself out of this dark place or how many, how long would you say that you were kind of stuck there for? Do you know, when I look back now, I think I've been in that dark place since, you know, I've right. kind of come in and out of it. I've, yeah. I've had a series of recurrent miscarriages since then. Okay. And so I've never really had time to fully grieve it, if, if that makes sense. I don't want to say get over it, but no. But but to to really understand it and come to terms and pull myself out of it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And so when you say a series of miscarriages, like I remember you saying in our in our chat a couple of days ago that you had what was it called? Um, hyper, so the doctor, hyperfertility. Hyperfertility. Yeah. So the doctors used to say that I would be um, an inconsistent pill taker. And I was so incensed by them saying that because I took my pill at the same time every day, day in, day out. Yeah. Um, they put me on the injection they tried the implant and I fell pregnant on the implant wow I know just Just kept on miscarrying yeah until I had my son and so how many between um your first miscarriage obviously at 16 and your son how old were you when when Oliver was born so I was 20 okay and in that time 19 sorry I was 19 when he was born and in that time, do you know how many, roughly, how many miscarriages you had between? Or I had two prior to having him. I don't even know what to say other than what every other mother says. You know, he was, he was perfect. He was just, mm. from day dot. So I, I was a young mum. I was a single mum. And when I was pregnant, I remember saying to my mother, like, getting out that we have a family calendar. So, you know, the ones that have got, um, you've got a column for every person in the family. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we had one of those and I remember looking at it going, do you know what? I, I, I don't want to give birth on his due date because actually it's going to be a really busy day. <laughs> and it's a weekday so that the car parks in the hospital are going to be awful. And she's going, Becky, you don't get to choose this. Mm-hmm. I said, no, I, I, I want him on the 19th of December. That's the day I want to have him. 
And at five o'clock in the morning on the 19th of December, my waters broke. Wow. Um, so it, and, and that's, that sums him up, you know, like he, he just was such an angel. Nothing was ever a problem. He was just so easy. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if everyone had him as their first child, everyone would be having more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you'd think, oh, well, this is a breeze. He just, he didn't want for anything. He just, yeah, was so happy. Yeah. And so what happened? Talk to us. Tell us what happened. Still to this day, I don't entirely know what happened. He had a bit of a cold. So when I put him, I, I, when I used to put him to bed, I would put him in my bed to settle him and then pick him up and put him in his cot to sleep. So he was in bed with me and, and we just kind of like snuggled up in bed to go to sleep. And then I'd kind of doze. And as I woke up, I looked across and he just wasn't breathing. Oh, um, yeah, so I called the ambulance, had them on the phone. I had to do CPR. The ambulance took him into hospital, worked on him in the hospital for quite a while, brought him back. Wow. So I was, to- I was told, look, you're going to have to buckle up. This is going to be a long journey back to health. So as they were transferring him up to the ICU, we had to go and wait in like a, a patient waiting area. And they came back in there and told me that actually there was nothing they could do. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's just awful. And how old was he at the time? So it was a couple of weeks before his first birthday. Bless you. Yeah. Oh, Becca, that's awful. Yeah. Yeah. It was just so out of the blue. So just not something you think will ever happen to you. Oh, of course not. No. You know, we, like like I was saying earlier with the miscarriages, you know, that, that's something you don't think will ever happen to you. You don't, you just don't, there are always things that you think, but it doesn't happen to me, it's someone else. Mm-hmm. But actually, yeah. it's incredibly common. And how on earth did you cope following that? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't cope for the, the next couple of years. I would, I went to such a dark place. I'd spend my evenings sat at his grave. I just, I couldn't see any way through that. You know, he was my world. Did you ever get closure from finding out what happened or speaking to anyone that was involved? I, um, I haven't had closure yet. I, I take part a lot in um, research to do with it. Okay. So we use his medical notes. Like they collect the notes from it, like a, a random selection of babies that have died and okay. that there's no reason for it and do sort of tests around that and try and come up with reasons. There's been links to the hearing tests that they have as newborns to say that that could indi- indicate that this will happen. Um, so that's something that they're exploring at the moment. So I, t- I take part in all of these things in some sort of hope that one day I'll get an answer. Mm. Yeah. And does that help you in, in doing that? Does that help you mentally, emotionally? I think it used to. I think I've kind of got to the point now where it's not going to bring him back for me. But yeah. I don't want anyone else to go through what I've been through. And I think if we can help prevent that in some way, then, then I'm there for that and I want to be a part of it. Also, it must feel like you're doing it for him, but it's sort of like in his in his memory. It, it really almost nice makes it feel a little bit that. like it's not in vain. Yeah, yeah, you know? definitely. Talk us through what happened following Oliver's death. You've gone on to have several other miscarriages, haven't you? I have. Yeah, my the first miscarriage I had was the month after his funeral. Okay. Oh. I found out I was pregnant not long beforehand. That was just a spontaneous miscarriage. I'd found out probably a couple of weeks prior to that and was in emotional turmoil over what to do. I was I didn't know whether I could have another uh-huh. child, you know, and go through that and go through the whole almost feeling like I was replacing him. 
Yeah. Yeah. So for me, the miscarriage kind of took that decision out of my hands. So there was a sense of relief. Okay. And I think that's got to be the one time I have felt a sense of relief from it. But then also at the same time gone, but why? Why is this happening again? Why? Mm. I thought everything was fine because Mm. I'd had Oliver. I thought everything was was okay. And actually it turns out I can have children. And what was this the start of? As it turned out to be, it was the start of more recurrent miscarriages. And did you, when you started having miscarriages again, did you seek help? Did you have tests? I had tests done prior to having Oliver. Um, So I had a test done just before I had Oliver uh, that I'd paid for privately, which the results took so long to come back. By the time they did, I had Oliver in my arms as I had the phone call. So I didn't really engage with them on the results. Mm. But that was when I found out I had a blood disorder, which is factor five laden. Right. So that can cause clotting. Okay. Once I found that out and kind of realized that 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 could have an effect on what was happening, I started taking um, heparin injections. So whenever I was pregnant, I'd have heparin injections to try and thin my blood to see if that had an effect and see if that helped me not miscarry, see if it Mm -hmm. helped me carry the baby. It Um, didn't help, did it? It hasn't. It hasn't. Not once. Did you try anything else? The only other thing they suggested was aspirin, but that that has the same effect as as heparin does. It's just there to thin your blood. I've tried being pregnant and just being incredibly still, (laughs) you know, in the vain hope that if if I just stay here and I stay in bed and don't move and everything's going to be fine. And obviously that that didn't help because that's not the reason why you miscarry. It's not because you're up and about. It's not because of anything you do. No, but you'll try anything, won't you? But you do. Yeah. Yeah, Google searches, even like old wives tales and stuff. You just anything isn't it yeah 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 absolutely and so following that you had a miscarriage your latest miscarriage was two years ago is that right two years ago yeah and summer following that you got uh you had an infection I did so when I had the miscarriage and I had the procedure to kind of clear everything out and something was kind of left behind it's led it's led me to have a really nasty infection mm. that's just they've not been able to treat it so I've been on countless antibiotics and cocktails of them at a time sort of going through this trying to get rid of the pain I've been in intense pain now for just short two years so that was your last pregnancy that was yeah so how many pregnancies have you had in total in total I've had nine pregnancies so eight of them have been miscarriages. One of those miscarriages was with twins. And then I had Oliver, who was my live birth. Oh, Becca, Blimey. I'm so sorry. Why does it always yeah. happen to the good people? <laughs> I've often thought that. You, you just, know, what do not have think, I done to deserve? Yeah, I've had my fair share of shit. Yeah. Give it to someone else. Like, mm. or just leave Steal me it alone. out. Like, yeah. give everyone a little bit of shit. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, and this, this has spanned so my entire 20s, you know, this yeah. has been just one after the other <laughs> continuously. Yeah. And now with this infection, it's resulted in me now needing a hysterectomy. And oh, to be told that tremendous. at the age of 29 mm. was exactly what you just said, Laura. It's, it's why, why I have had enough mm. shit. I don't need any more. Yeah. yeah. So what's, what's happening with the hysterectomy? Okay, so now I'm in a medically induced menopause, which is happening until I have my hysterectomy. That's been quite intense. So I have injections once every three months. They basically stop all of my hormones. Okay. 
and so now I'm experiencing all sorts of menopausal symptoms on top. Such as? So I have hot flushes, my skin, my hair started to kind of disappear. But I think the worst symptom yet has got to be having to text my husband and get him to bring me home a tube of Vagisil. Oh my God. (laughs) What is with that as well? Why do they call it that? It's horrendous. I don't know, whoever invented it, like Mr. Smith's cream or whatever. Mrs. Smith's cream. Why does it have to be called Vagisil? Exactly. And do you know everything in that area has got the word vag in it? <laughs> like <laughs> And like anusol. As if your issues aren't embarrassing enough that then you have to go into the chemist. Yeah. Oh dear. That's, yeah. that's Hello Barbara, have you got any anusol? <laughs> Oh, but I've got two for one on Vagisil this week. Oh, lovely. <laughs> and Femfresh. And that's it, isn't it? Everything's so descriptive. Yeah. So oh, descriptive. No, I don't think Femfresh is too bad. Oh, come on. No. Femfresh may, be, may as well be called Vagfresh. It does, though, doesn't it? Not, it makes you it? think. If you were to go and buy a tube of Femfresh, I would instantly, like, if I saw that in your shower, I think, oh, she's got a smell. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. like. Feddos, feddos. <laughs> it's so grim so it is grim. so grim so tell us about the future becca so i guess for me i've i've had the decision made for me yeah. because i'm having the hysterectomy which has kind of been a bit bittersweet of course but yeah do you know when you will have it so i was supposed to have it in february so i, I got married and i was supposed to have it just after the wedding that was always the plan and then coronavirus hit corona um, strikes again yeah oh. So obviously now when we go back, it'll be cancer patients will be first in and I'll be after they get through however many of those they've got on the list. So yeah, it could be quite some time, which is a bit, I'm kind of a bit stuck in limbo, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You say it feels bittersweet that um, the decision's been taken away from you. Yeah. Is it, is it in some ways a bit of a relief that you don't have to go through all of this all over again there is that there's uh, so after the last one the one that's kind of caused all of this it did get me to the point where I was just like I, I can't I can't do this anymore mm. but to make that call myself I almost feel guilty for going no I don't want this again anymore yeah yeah I can relate uh, to that I never wanted to, to say I'm not doing this anymore there was yeah all the time you can you you still want to hope don't you and it must be that yeah. aspect of maybe the next time absolutely yeah. what if i give up now but the next one would be okay that yeah. must be a huge thing yeah absolutely and i think i'd always resigned myself to the fact that after oliver died when i had my next child it would fill some kind of a void that was left there yeah i was left feeling like a mum but with no one to pass that on to Mm. so it was always in my plans that well i had to have another one so yeah it's been a relief in some ways but heartbreaking in others oh of course course. so what does your 30s have in store for you so i'm now a dog (laughs) mum with the most pampered pooch ever like she is just a toddler she sits on my hip like a child does she cuddles like a child does and I think I put everything into her. Like, she's mm-hmm. so spoiled. And work-wise for me, I've got a bit of a side project on the go at the moment where I want to try and make waves in the whole menopause industry. The well, you can start with changing the name of Vagisil. Exactly. And that is my first point of call. That is my first product that I'll be hopefully launching. 
this is very exciting that's awesome yeah. i think i'm so fed up of i've had 10 years of fighting battles and now i'm ready to just go do you know what let's kind of fight back yeah i think yeah. that's such a that's a really great thing to do and i imagine that this last hurdle that you have to although it's in many ways it's the biggest hurdle it's gonna give you that closure and gonna you're gonna have the best decade now because all that's behind you all the decision making is out of your control so you can just yeah. concentrate your energies in having the best possible life yeah it's like a fresh start isn't it yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah oh good for you i wish you all the best you yeah. keep in touch won't you i absolutely will absolutely. and thank you so so much for talking so openly and honestly and we're so sorry for the horrendous nature of everything that you've been through and we're so behind you in the future 100 percent you do it i always sign off and i never know what to say (laughs) okay everyone well thanks for tuning in and we will see you again next week yeah thanks Bye. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And please, please, when you have a second, rate us, review us and share us. And let's get this taboo smashed. See you next week.